0: Welcome to You Still, a podcast hosted by me, Ella Delancey-Jones. We talk about motherhood, the absolute elation and the surprises, as well as attempting to bridge the gap between who we were before we had our children and who we are now. Don't forget to follow at You Still Podcast on Instagram and Twitter so you don't miss a thing. It's lovely to have you here. And welcome back to another episode of You Still. I hope you're having a good week. We're talking about work this week. I'm talking to one of my freelance colleagues. And it was a really interesting conversation because it it kind of struck me how similar our working dynamic is. We're both at home with our children, quite limited childcare. So we're both working and looking after the children. It's something I want to explore more of as we go along with the seasons. How do people make it work? I want to speak to people who are working full time, whose children are in wraparound care. I would love to talk to stay-at-home mums who are at this moment not working at all. I just want to have a wide range of experiences that especially that differ to my own because actually, I don't know whether you will get this impression as well, but when I was editing this episode, it kind of struck me like how... Privileged I am. The fact that I can stay at home with Polly. I think it is the nature of of mine and my guests industry is that it really can be done from anywhere. So you know, if I was a nurse or if I was something where I really had to be front facing and I had to be in or I had to be on site, you know, my my setup would be completely different. So it was just while I was editing, and I was just thinking about, wow, there are hundred billion different ways that people can make it work and this is just the way that we make it work so bear that in mind when you're listening but as as I say I would really like to have a much wider range of experiences as time goes on I'm really looking forward to talking to other people about how they make it work so let's let's have a chat I want to introduce our guest. I'm talking to Kat Hufton, who is a journalist and writer who writes for InStyle, Telegraph, Elle, Harper's Bazaar, Grazia, Metro, Guardian. And she also runs a newsletter called The Freelance Parent. And I actually think that's how we first connected. I think we had connected on Twitter a while back. But then I think I read a few of her newsletters and thought, actually, I need to speak to this lady. And we kind of connected a bit on Twitter, didn't we? Hello, Kat. Hi, hello. I was trying to
1: remember where I actually had met you virtually and I couldn't remember whether it was Twitter or my newsletter or some sort of mixture of, of the two. But yeah, I think there's definitely a community, isn't there, of freelance moms and freelance parents in general on Twitter but yeah I've always been very appreciative of your support of my newsletter so thank you.
0: Oh no problem it's brilliant. Yeah. Twitter's a really great way to connect with people and I think I think I've said it before on here it's almost like you kind of think people like you and other people have, as well are kind of quite open with like how things are in our everyday lives it's not you know how you might think of Instagram and it's maybe a bit highlight really it's a bit more real I think sometimes and and you get people that are like you know I'm having a really shit time yeah exactly I think
1: that's why I started the newsletter in the first place because it was the pandemic I'd lost a lot of work I was a mom to an 18-month-year-old at the time. And I didn't know any other people that were freelance, and I just needed to speak to other people that were in the same boat as me, because a lot of other people were just working. They were carrying on. They were just working remotely. My whole sort of career had been thrown up into the air, which I was worried about. And it was the best thing that I could have done, because I met so many other freelance parents who were in the same boat. And I met so many that I didn't even... I thought maybe, oh, there'll be a two or three you know, that I'll connect with. And there's just opened up a whole new world of people, mums and dads. Lots of dads that are freelance parents have been really supportive of my newsletter. So that's why I did it. And it it worked out well. Been a
0: few times where I've read it and gone, oh my God, yeah, that just...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, recently it has gone quieter because I've got, now I've got two children and I've been really busy with work and just organised a bit of childcare for my youngest, who's now 16 months. So he goes to a childminder a couple of mornings a week and that has definitely helped. But unfortunately, the things that don't pay go end up going to the wayside when you're really busy. And it's also kind of thinking about where I'm going with it. Because I think when you do anything like that, it's the direction that you're taking it in. I used to do it every single week. Then I had um, my youngest baby. And then I was trying to do it once a month. And uh, it all started to feel a bit much. And I don't want to just churn out things. I want them to be valuable. So I'm just trying to work out what I'm going to do next with it. The newsletters that have been the most popular are the ones that really speak to people. When I've written about friendship and motherhood, for example, I wrote about having a miscarriage, things like that. Even though I do write a lot about work, they're the they're the pieces that have really resonated with people because people just understand. I'm not doing it to make money. I'm doing it as a way to connect with people and to
0: speak to other freelance parents. You mentioned that your youngest is 16 months old. So he's two months at the time of recording. He two months older than Polly so she's just yeah. she's just about 14 months old now yeah. and you've got one older son right can you just tell me a little bit about them like what's your family set up yeah so my oldest
1: my eldest Leo he is four and a half he's just started primary school and Rocco is 16 months as you said and he was born just at the end of the pandemic just as life was still a bit weird but we were getting a little bit back to normal so I could still take him to groups and things like like that, and and ever since then, it's just got more and more back to normality. Really, they are both IVF babies, as I've written about a lot over the past few years. So that's been a life experience, I'd say. I've got a husband. We live in Wimbledon. Yeah, we. I'm freelance, my husband works for one of the big supermarkets. He's he he has a corporate job there. So we're kind of like one person has a very traditional corporate career. And I am freelance. I used to work in luxury fashion for about six, seven years. So before I became freelance, so I kind of know both sides of it. I was freelance for about three years before I had children. And um, it was the best decision that I ever made. And it's definitely been an even better decision since we've had children my husband's company weren't that flexible before the pandemic and now they're and it was very hard when Leo was first born he used to leave the house at seven he used to come back at seven you know it's not like I had family around the corner it felt like a really long day I was always out and about I was quite good at that going to lots of groups and things and then we moved to southwest London to be closer to where my husband works and that's worked out really well because now he can work from home for a couple of days he doesn't have to leave so early he's back earlier he can do bedtimes most of the time unless it's like a really busy month or whatever and yeah we found a much better balance my husband is very hands-on but I'm the one that does most of the school drop-offs and pickups and that kind of thing the whole thing about me being freelance and like remaining freelance is I just want to be here for my for my children as much as I can and I feel really grateful that I have a job that allows that because so many jobs don't I think It's getting better. A lot of companies are getting more flexible, thankfully. And I think that the one, you know, one of the positives to come from the pandemic was that, that a lot of companies realized that they could be more flexible and they didn't have the infrastructure before but the pandemic made them create the infrastructure like my husband's company people now can have that flexibility and i think sometimes people get confused when they say that you want flexible working you want to work from home they think that means sitting around in your pajamas all day yeah. dossing about not really doing anything when it's act- it's not that for most for the majority of people i'm sure there are a few that like doing that but for a lot of families it just means that they can share the load dads can take their children to school and pick up and at, at my son's school there are so many dads now doing I say now I can't compare it because it's my first time with a child at school but most of the people that I walk to school with are all dads because most of those parents both have full-time jobs and careers and most households need two incomes now so you know that's the way it is but having that flexibility means it's not all on that one parent we as a family have definitely really benefited from from my husband having a, just a bit more flexibility like 10%. It's made a massive difference to our lives like our happiness levels our stress levels. So that's that's our family setup.
0: You basically just described Our life. I agree with you so much just about that flexibility, especially for dads. Will's previous job, just before Polly was born, was exactly the same. He had built up a lot of annual leave. So he had four weeks paternity, which was great. But when he went back to work, when she was four, I think she was just about five weeks old because she came a bit early, he was out of the house seven till seven and there was no room for working from home. There was no infrastructure. I I don't think it was, I don't really want to say, you know, it was about the company. It was more probably about the fact that they just didn't realize that. They could allow yep. for that. And then, as you said, the pandemic made such a difference. And what happened was he ended up leaving that role anyway coming into a role that would have actually before the pandemic had him going to hackney every day but they realized that they could have people work from home and people were productive and enjoying themselves and b- being more relaxed and not having to spend loads of money going across london all the time and just what you said about the taking the load off as well like i would say that i'm default parent however yeah. like your husband will my husband is very very hands on he can take her to bed he can take her to rhyme time on a Thursday uh, on his lunch hour and the idea of that or just doing or having that all on my own from seven till seven every day is just I mean I I know it's coming from a place of privilege because a lot of people don't have that but just that that flexibility just makes all the difference doesn't it
1: it really does and all the research that has been done by Flex Appeal Pregnant Then Screwed it proves that when companies are more flexible they get more out of their employees because they're not completely burnt out they feel happier they're more productive when they sit down because I think most parents you know when it comes to especially freelancers you have to work to earn you know you have those designated times that commission or that day rate or whatever it is that booking to do your work and get on with it and It's not like a salary job where you might go, oh, I'll do that in a couple of days. Like when you're freelance, you have a deadline, don't you? And as a freelance writer, you have a deadline. You've got to crack on and get it done. So I think think people are more productive when they can work in a way that makes everybody happy. And at our school, my son's school, we haven't even got a place in an after-school club. We're on a waiting list. So that's not even an option so if we both had full-time salary jobs I don't really know what we'd do we'd have to find something but quarter past three is pretty early
0: it really is to be honest I, I haven't really thought about that because obviously it's a bit far off for us but I'm just thinking god what are we actually gonna do flexibility for everyone it's just something to be honest it's something that I've always been really a strong advocate for even before the word pandemic was ever mentioned while I was in my my background as in PR so while I was in those jobs I used to find it really annoying that there was almost like a presenteeism culture and people would come in super super early and then leave really really late and I just was like I don't understand how you can do quality work in that in that time I feel like you're just here because it earned you points and I always used to kind of think if you, if you're on the roof and you can do your best work can't you just do that and I found the inflexibility of those agency roles very very um stifling yeah those people who would do that I noticed that when I'm in fashion they mm-hmm. would
1: mess about for the whole morning not mess about that's like but you know like they would yeah. make of coffee and wandering around and then it would be come after lunch oh or panic because I've got to do my work and then they'll have to stay late and then that kind of makes them look like they're really hard working when actually maybe that just means you're not very efficient with your with your time and maybe you could have better used your time so I think and I and I also in the roles that I worked in in luxury fashion there was definitely so many people were just being overworked and they were exhausted for not much money And that's what drove me to go freelance because I was a managing copy editor and I used to hire a lot of freelancers and I'd see what they were getting paid and I'd see how low their stress levels were and the the lifestyle that they had. And I was really envious and they were getting to work with all these different people that come in and they were like, we really appreciated them because they were really talented and really, you know, really good. Then there was me really stressed all of the time, getting paid less than they were, but I definitely wasn't getting their kind of day rate. Yeah. And I I just thought it, it kind of felt like a pipe dream initially. I thought, oh, it probably won't wouldn't work for me. And then the more I kind of looked into it, I thought, actually maybe this could work. What I started to do was take on freelance jobs on the side while I still had my f- full time job, a lot of people do. So I started doing that. I got to the point where my freelance work was the same as my f- full-time job and I thought wow this is proving that this could actually work if I can do this on the side in the evenings at the weekend and then I saved up the money to kind of like took me ages like about six months for me to kind of finally have my notice in of um umming and ah ahhing is it the right thing to do and then as I kept getting that bit of work on the side and then I got some I contacted an agency and got some copywriting like a contract job I just thought right let's just go for it because this isn't making me very happy so (laughs) let's see you know how this goes and it worked out
0: they always say it's about taking the plunge right they always use those words I don't know who they are but taking the plunge into the freelance world right and it is I think you just have to kind of obviously with a bit of backup as you say with the savings that you had but you just kind of need to do it
1: to no. know. I think when you talk to a lot of people about going freelance and you talk to people who aren't freelance, they think it's perhaps a bit reckless. It's yes. scary. It's the unknown. Think in the current market I I work for lots of different people and I feel like I feel safer doing that than I would in a full-time salaried role in a magazine or a publication because of how everything is at the moment so since I've been freelance I've never actually felt that it's been totally never felt oh gosh I don't know what I'm doing there has there has been moments especially after the pandemic when everything was a bit weird has been moments where I've felt a bit worried but on the whole haven't felt like that I did feel very worried when I was in my full-time role
0: I mean there's there's benefits and disadvantages to everything but I mean what would you say were, were the main benefits and disadvantages of being freelance as opposed to in a traditional role
1: when you're at the beginning of your career being in a full-time role is really beneficial I don't think I would have wanted to have been freelance straight out of uni because I didn't have the experience I think when I I did an internship at net and I was in their magazine team and then I got a role as a like a junior copywriter and worked my way up and then became a deputy copy editor and then a, I left as a deputy editor and then went to matches fashion and those roles were so integral building the foundations of my career I worked with some amazing editors who'd come from at the time they, it, it was a real transition of people coming from traditional print magazines and going to work for online e-commerce so I worked with some amazing editors And their standards were so high and it was quite scary at the time, like quite intimidating, but I just remember being like, I really want to be good at this. You know, I really want to learn how to do this and be good at this. And I totally accepted that even though I'd done a degree and a postgraduate degree in writing and journalism, I had a lot to learn and it was such of a like, very much you had to hit the ground running and the feedback was constant all day, every day, on everything you'd written, constant it was no like no one was trying to fluff anything up for you It was like no not right do it again this is why and it was so, it was harsh you know but it really it really gave me that foundation of knowing how to write well write quickly work with people who are brilliant but perhaps a bit intimidating and know how to navigate that kind of workplace and I at the time that was exactly what I needed I I kind of loved it and loathed it all at the same time you know there were so many people around me that i aspired to be one day not specifically but i wanted to kind of follow in their footsteps and i knew i had a lot to learn so i think a traditional role is really important for that and learning from others and speaking to others and having mentors and all that kind of thing but i think for me personally my role because so I wanted to always wanted to be a features writer and a journalist. And I did my internship, and then this was the role at Netaporte that was offered to me. The internship was in the magazine, and then the copywriting role was what was offered to me. And I went with it. I was so pleased and happy to be given this role, I was like absolutely over the moon. And then I learned loads. Through that period, I was trained in sub-editing and editing. I learned notes about fashion. I worked for an amazing company. And then as I got older... And then I became, so I went to Matches Fashion as a managing editor because I sort of like climbed the ranks a bit. As I got more senior, it became more managerial and I I went to so many meetings. It was all about how the company was moving forward. And I used to do features writing on the side for the, the online magazine. And that's really all I wanted to do. And I found managing people quite stressful. There was lots of pros to it. I loved having new grads on board who would train up and, um, but then at the same time, there'd be issues and things like that. And you would spend your whole time kind of like being some sort of HR person. And it got to the point where I was like, I, you know, speak to your boss and say, you want to move in this direction. You want to work in the magazine team. And the 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 negative to that was they wanted me to be in the position I was for the, for the benefit of the company, not what was kind of best for me. And of course, that's what any, any company would do but I think often you can have your career take a trajectory that perhaps you don't want it to go in just because you're becoming more senior and I didn't really want to become any more senior because being more senior meant I was doing less writing I was already doing less writing because I was editing I don't really enjoy editing that much I prefer to do the writing so yeah that's that's the reason why I went freelance and that is why I enjoy freelance now, because I can actually do what I really love. I just sit down and I write. I'm not having to do everyone's annual review and loads of interviews to hire new people and all that kind of thing which is what is part and parcel of, of a traditional full-time job when you're in a managerial position. Even if you're a magazine editor, you're having to do all of that stuff, aren't you? So that is the kind of definite positives to be in freelance for me at that this point in my life.
0: I feel that. When I first went freelance, I did a few PR roles and I would go in for them and they'd be like, you're a bit too senior to be applying for this role. So I'd be applying for like account exec roles or senior account exec roles. And they would question it because I would be more of a manager or a senior manager. But like you what I was finding was when I was going in for the more senior roles I was doing a lot of managing and strategizing and kind of not doing the actual work which is what I enjoyed and I didn't really enjoy it like you so I was going in for these less senior roles but ones that I knew would be will have a little bit more longevity and that I would actually enjoy doing and I think that's one of the positives of being freelance as well right is you can you can literally pick and choose what well to a certain extent what you do. The
1: negative to being freelance is that at, and I'm sure you find this too that my self worth sometimes, well, not sometimes, it all it always is. I'm not going to pretend is very much affected by how much I'm working, who I'm working for. That you know how much I've earned that month. So I think when you're in a traditional role, that's your role, and then and then you do it, and that's it you know for the foreseeable until you go for a new role or you get a promotion and it's a bit like being one of my best friends is an actor and it's like it's a very similar thing you know it's you you feel as good as your last job your last commission when you share your work which i do you know you have to do a bit of self-promotion when you're a freelancer that is the image that you're creating and and you want to show people this is the work that i'm doing this is what i'm about this is what i care about and when perhaps you have those periods when you have to do work that you care less about it can i don't it can really affect how, how you see yourself. And I've had to do a lot of work in managing that because after the pandemic, even though I was working, I wasn't always doing the work that I totally wanted to do. I really had to pivot. I started writing about finance tech, like fintech at one point, you know, it was totally not what is in my normal wheelhouse of work, but I had to keep keep working. And as a writer, you can write about different things, but it it did make me feel less confident about myself and less confident about my about where my career is going and I think that is one of the most difficult parts of being freelance if I can't you I took it for granted I had such a good run you know of four years three four years of it going so well and I thought oh is this it you know is it not going to work anymore
0: would you say that that was also would be a disadvantage as well then because I sort of I don't want to say I live in fear because that sounds really depressing but I've also had quite a good run touch word. and I also also feel like what will I do if I can't do this as you say I've had it a couple of times now where one of my um, clients will turn around and say um yeah we haven't got any funding now so we have to terminate your contract and it's like a block of money I'm really relying on and it's like what? and there's nothing you can really do because as freelancers you, we don't have we obviously we have contracts and things but we don't have that many right
1: yeah I think the fear is important because that is what drives you as a freelancer i think that is what always even when you're busy that's what keeps you looking at the freelance newsletter writing jobs what keeps you looking on twitter for the next commission and that is what you know when i'm still really busy i still email people and say i did it the other day and i thought to somebody that i've i've had chats with we've been chatting for a little while I was like, just bear me in mind for January and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, are you mad? You've got too much work to do now. But who knows what will happen in three weeks? And I think that is what you have to do. You can never rest on your laurels. And the fear is always there. It should always be there because, I mean, maybe we could call it something different so it's less negative, but, you know, it's like like a driving force, isn't it, of always knowing that you've got to keep going, you've got to keep pushing your business forward, I suppose, even when you are really busy. But yeah, I think, yeah, it, it can be worrying.
0: When did you go back to work after your babies were born?
1: With Leo, I previously worked full-time freelance. I saved quite a lot of money, so I could afford to be off. I had a full year off. I did start working from about eight months, but little bits here and there. Nothing like major, just to kind of keep my hand in. And then went back to work, yeah, after a year. I found it hard to get going again after that. I found it, because obviously with freelance, if you stop doing something editors find other people to take your place and um it it got back to where it was but it it, yeah it took me a bit of time to get there and with Rocco I didn't really stop because I didn't want to have that I didn't want to have that like fear as you say like I didn't want that to be a worry for me and that probably sounds awful like you felt like you had to keep working but I quite enjoyed it like I, I, I wasn't working loads and loads but I quite enjoyed having a bit of writing to do here and there and I think that is just from purely being that I love my job and I love writing and there's there's some bits of my work that i i don't enjoy as much but yeah i so i started it was three weeks in and i started doing the odd bit here and there it's been probably when he got to about six months i started doing more and more work yeah it's but it's been a totally different both maternity leaves have been totally different i think i felt less stressed doing it this way around second time around weirdly but I think that's just about whatever you know what makes you stress I think I sit with when I had Leo and I didn't I had that full time off I spent a lot of time worrying about getting my work back um which is obviously a downside of being freelance isn't it this time around I just did what I could just to keep things ticking over also I hadn't been able to save as much as I did with Leo because I'd I'd never gone back to work full time I'd always been part-time so I just wasn't in the same financial situation Situation. So I had to kind of just keep working a little bit and then slowly ramp it up as time's gone on.
0: It actually sounds again really similar to me. I think quite a lot of people are shocked. I think some people think that I'm just not working, some as well. They're like, oh, you're taking the year off. I'm like, no. (laughs) Because I started, like you say, started. Tick things over a little bit when she was about five weeks old because it was really easy then. I was like sitting on the sofa. I'd had an episiotomy, so all I could do was sit on the sofa and feed her, watching telly and just writing. And she would just be on my chest and I would enjoy it. It's
1: lovely, isn't it? It's really nice.
0: It kind of kept my mind active as well because baby care, especially when they're newborn, is so lovely, but also it's very repetitive. (laughs) It was just something to keep my mind going, keeping contact with the people that I was working four and yeah. And I think I started I think I started a, a new project when she was about f- Five months, maybe five and a half months old. So, yeah, very similar. When
1: work is commission based, Mm. you know, it's not working the nine to five, is it? You can do a commission, you could perhaps do it in a couple of hours. It depends what it is, obviously. But for some things, you could do something in a couple of hours and then, or maybe four hours, and then you do a little bit one day and then you do work on it a bit more the next day. And then that's done. It's someone once said to me when I said I'd started working, they were like, oh, well, you know, don't go back to it too quickly because you only get this time once.
0: Yeah. I've got that so many times I'm
1: not taking any time away from my baby because I do it when they're asleep when they're napping which is like what four hours a day when they're tiny you know Rocco naps quite a lot and it's still but it's not taking any time away from anything because I'm not going out of the house so that is a total like biggest plus you could ever have doing any job I just feel like it's such a gift to be able to do that so why you know why wouldn't you if you enjoy doing it it'd be it'd be different if I was having to he was six weeks old and I was having to pay for childcare and go out the house for eight hours a day of yeah. course that would be a totally different totally different working experience
0: obviously we talked about the fact that your husband is in a more traditional role and you've been freelance for a very long time but just thinking about like the roles in the family and what I said earlier about kind of being the mother maybe being the default parent you know how do you feel about the fact that you've maybe had to cut back on your work to parent whereas your partner hasn't so like the reason why I ask is because sometimes I find myself quite resentful not of him at all just a situation where he would like be upstairs in his office and he can work from half nine to half five and I'm kind of working all my bits and pieces around her naps which obviously is again part and parcel of being freelance but I'm also quite limited with how much work I can take on because if I take on more work then I need more childcare, and then I need more money so yeah sometimes I find myself quite resentful at the at the situation at the system yeah I wonder how you felt about that it's
1: very complex isn't it I yes. have had so many mixed feelings about that and I definitely have felt resentful at times that, you know, my husband's career has been totally unaffected and he just continues to flourish. But I wouldn't say that my career's not going in the direction that I want to, but financially I've taken uh it's it's like my, my salary's been cut in half almost, or definitely, you know, three quarters. It's and that's been difficult for me. It's been difficult for my ego in some ways. <laughs> But I think it definitely was the first time around. But that is my choice. It is my choice to do work in this way. You know, like my husband's never been against if we wanted to get more childcare. He's never said to me, no, we're not getting more childcare. You stay at home. You do this. Yeah, it has been my choice to have very limited childcare and to work in the way I do. And I think the way that I've kind of found peace with it is that with Leo, I realised that it, in hindsight, it's such a short period of time. And then he was at nursery a few more days. And then I was kind of, wasn't working full time, but I was kind of doing the jobs that I love, the more editorial stuff and then more with like the money jobs. And i would kind of got that back. I think with Rocco this time around, I've I've worked it out financially. I've worked it out kind of like emotionally of what I want. And the money that we save from childcare, it makes sense. It doesn't make sense for me to keep paying more for childcare, well, for us to keep paying more for childcare for me to just work more and more and then not have that Time with him, so yeah, I don't think there's a, I don't have a definite answer for it. But I think what I'm trying to do at the moment is do the work that I really want, that I really love. And so I feel like even if financially I'm not quite where I was before I had children, I'm doing the things that career-wise, like serve me. I'm going in the right direction. It's finding a a balance between that because it can be really tricky. And then I think, well, would I like to go and get a full time job? No, I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss out on this I don't want to miss out on that and then I feel really thankful to my husband the fact that he's doing what he's doing to allow me to work less for this period of time it's a total mixed bag of emotions isn't it I don't know what the answer is it's it's just and I think as well I think I really try and remind myself that your career is a really long time with Leo the first time around I got really set on as though it was like that was a finite amount of time and if i lost any work that was it you know and i've I've just realized more this time that it's just it's a short it's a short period of time where i want to give them as much as i can while doing what i really love to do as well and then the rest will follow us as i get older and they get older and they don't want to hang out with me anymore
0: i can't (laughs) even imagine it so sad
1: I don't know whether you you read um Stacey Duguid Substack. She's a fashion journalist. She's just started mm. a Substack. She's just she just got divorced, and she wrote a really amazing newsletter today, which was very emotional and about like kind of looking back at her life and things. And she said, I just paraphrase them, but she said something along the lines of, "Sometimes I just want to go back to the time when." My children were bobbing around the kitchen, pushing teddies in prams. Oh, her children are a bit older now. And it really made me it really got me like right in the heart. You know, when you think you can worry so much about everything with your career. And it's just it kind
0: of I don't know, it kind of comes back to that precious time, doesn't it? And I just make me cry it almost just yeah it just almost like falls away and like when I think of it like that it makes me feel like so guilty for almost wanting more wanting to do more work missing out on those like precious moments but you know at
1: the same time it's not to say that people who go back to working in full-time jobs are you know I don't I wouldn't ever want anybody to make anybody feel guilty about that or because that is when you're in a full-time salary job that is the reality for so many mums that they have to do that and i think that's where flexible working comes in where you can have that flexibility of being working from home so you can you can pick them up from nursery a bit more you can condense your hours and and i think it's just it, it's about companies realizing that family really matters and family is really important, and people just want to be there for the people that they care about, and that doesn't mean that, you, that you're any less of a worker. It just means that you have people that you care about, and you don't want to like push them to the the bottom of the heap of priorities. Like everybody wants to be a good parent. Um, And most people also want to thrive in their careers as well and it's it's a fine balance but it's made so much easier if employers can support them in that and realize that they're human
0: beings and not (laughs) robots do you have any top tips for those who've got young children, babies, who might be thinking about taking a step back into work?
1: Yeah, I think the first main most important thing is to be really happy with your childcare provider because they, you're obviously entrusting your child to them. And I've been in a situation previously with my older son where I wasn't always happy with his nursery and it was very stressful and I think he's now with a child minder who I love she's one of the mums from school I trust her I like her and the difference in kind of my day-to-day is so much better so I think if you are going back to work and you are trying to find a nursery or deciding between a nursery or a childminder or a nanny or grandparents whatever it is is just making sure that you are happy with and confident with that decision and that you've speaking to other parents who may have had children at that nursery or childminder is really invaluable. I didn't do that with my eldest and it was a new nursery, so it was kind of, there wasn't anybody to ask. I think that get that right, that makes everything so much better. And when you just go and you leave them and you trust them, and obviously the transition is quite difficult, but I think... Getting that right is first and foremost and if you go with your gut and if you don't think something's right and you aren't happy with the childcare that you're being given just try and find an alternative because for so long I just kept going with the same old thing and I wasn't happy and I didn't feel right about a number of things and I should have just moved him. They're setting boundaries with your employer of when you're finished work you finish work and when you're at work you're at work and i think if you can do that as much as is possible then that can help because some employers do take the mickey with trying to get people to work in the evening or, ex- or having that expectations and i think the more people that push back especially even dads as well you know that say no i'm not going to keep doing that because i have this is i'm home now this is my family i've got to get them to bed you know and something that i'm always having to remind my husband of when someone rings him at half past 6 you know, like, you're not you're not at work anymore. Please tell them you'll you'll phone them back later or you'll speak to them tomorrow. It's difficult, isn't it? It's really difficult. And also, I think if you, I have so many friends who've gone back to work after maternity leave into full-time salaried roles and they feel like they've been demoted. People have been promoted over them. They feel like they've not been treated fairly. I've, I had a friend who was put in a totally different department and demoted when she came back. I think having the strength to actually challenge that is really hard but so needed and pregnant then screwed have a free helpline and I think if you feel like you're going back to work and you're not going but you haven't been treated fairly they can give some really great free advice on challenging your employer I think for too long people have been made to feel like they come back and they're a second class employee because they've had a baby, which is not right. If you work for Dyson or Lord Sugar, you might have a bit of a problem.
0: Oh God! Don't. I saw Anna's um piece in the Independent about uh, yeah. have well, got no absolutely idea. no idea. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today. And yeah, so where can people find you? How can people sign up the newsletter? How how can people connect with you?
1: So my Substack is Kat Houghton, the freelance parent, and I'm on Twitter kat houghton you can read my work on child care crisis on the metro mainly and then on my newsletter thank you so much
0: thank you for joining me for this episode of you still you can join the community and keep up to date with all new episodes by following at you still podcast on instagram and twitter if you want to get in touch to tell me how i'm doing suggest new guests or let me know which topics you'd like me to cover email you at gmail.com i would love to hear from you